Hello. <laughs> Hello and welcome to Web of Resonance. I'm Teresa Carmody with Elemental Journeys. And I am Ken Runewalker, the Runewalker. I'm still going back and forth between the and no the. Yeah, know. you might not need the article. So we've had some comments come in. Beautiful. Uh, real quick. Uh, Sarah says hi. Um, hi, Sarah. Uh, Mary Lynn Kelly. So happy to see us again. Thank you. Good to see you. We get to see you, which I love. Um, uh, so let's see. Uh, Tate had a question. His question, uh, I'm wondering about my walk on the Red Road and my walk with the Morrigan. Uh, hmm. Do these walks blend okay? Hmm. I, you know, there's a part of me that says, well, do they blend for you? Yeah. Um, you know, if they blend for you and they're working for you, of course they blend. Um, I, uh, well, oh, it's interesting what deck I pulled. Uh, I did not, deck. I didn't, I pulled the Celtic Shamanic deck, uh, oh. which I don't usually use for Web of Resonance, but honestly, it's probably a nice blend. Um, yeah. So, well, let's see. What do you got? Do you have runes pulled yet? Uh, I don't, but let's see. Okay. While you're shuffling. I pulled two runes. Uh, the, the one that was face up was this one, which is So We Low. Uh, how am I going to do this? Don't know if I can. Uh, is So We Low. Um, and the other is Feiyu. I think that's really interesting that they're both, um, runes that have to do with or that can have uh, aspects of them being uh, fiery or light mm -hmm. um, and beginnings uh, and illumination um, I also see Feiyu as um, and I think this is probably where uh, I'm being taken with this is that uh, animal, uh, there are um, many paths that actually crisscross each other, come together if you're looking at, um, I have a really brilliant picture that I'll show you, um, Tate, uh, that's a, an aerial view of animal tracks, animal paths, and they actually kind of all start and then weave together, come together, some of them move apart, and I, mm -hmm. that's the feeling I get is that um, it doesn't matter which of the two that you're it doesn't matter they can, they can come together and come apart and come together and come apart and I feel like that's the key to making the two paths uh, work for uh, to walking both of them mm -hmm. not to making them work for you to walking both of them mm -hmm. um, so as I was shuffling, I actually got a card in uh, my mind's eye. I did not pull it. I was kind of surprised I didn't pull it. Uh, but let me show you what was in, uh, hang on, let me see how to do this. It's, it's like driving a boat. It's the opposite that you think. There you go. Uh, so that's the warrior card. Um, to me, part of why that was in, the, in my mind's eye uh, was in part because um, I connect to the Morrigan in how she is 
uh, a fae that shows up for battle. She is one of the banshees that uh, cries before a battle and creates the frenzy for the warriors to fight well. She's also, um, uh, in other stories, there's, uh, there's the mythology of uh, Washer at the Ford who washes the battle gear of those who will fall. Um, and that's the Morrigan in the Irish tradition. Um, so to me, there's something about um, recognizing the fierceness of both paths, recognizing what it means to be a warrior when you walk each of those paths. It actually might be, to me, what I see is that I would learn from each one of them what they consider a warrior to be. Um, a warrior does not have to actually go into physical battle, I don't believe. Uh, a warrior is about knowing one's power and knowing how to wield it. Um, and so that's also a balance of knowing when you might overstep or know when you're not embracing it. However, for you, Tate, uh, the three cards I got are very interesting. I got two water cards. So I got the card of uh, intuition. The middle card I got is the Two of Swords, uh, and as you can see, it's opposition on there. So the Two Swords are in uh, opposing direction. Um, you could see that, uh, I know it says opposition on the card, and I think that that's traditionally how things are read when they're in polar positions. However, I often like to uh, read that as uh, it can show up as conflict and opposition, or you can come to a relationship with it where it becomes complementary, where something in one path kind of fits a space in the other and that you have a much stronger weave when you use both paths. The last card is also a water card. Um, this card I often think of as um, the... Uh, the Merlin card, I think of it a lot. Uh, it's called Reflection, um, and this man has been gazing into the still pond, so there's been self-reflection, but in this tradition, that's a salmon that's jumped out of the pond. Salmon is considered a fish of wisdom. He had the pearl of wisdom in his head. Uh, that's very similar to the Merlin who uh, drank a bit of the potion and, and received magic. So there's, there's something about um, being able to recognize that there is a tradition with each of these paths that must be honored and should not be disrespected in any way. And yet there's an energetic truth that each of these traditions really are talking about. And that because we are subjective beings and we relate to things in, from our own perspective, uh, to me, the way I would read this is I would read tap into your emotions about both paths, learn where you can integrate the wisdom of the two paths within you and with your own internal knowing, especially around emotions, because we got two water cards. Um, so uh, to me, what I would say is, of course, they're going to blend well um, and use your emotions to know what things are important for you to integrate about the two paths. Cool. Cool. Um, thank you, Tate. If you have, if you need clarification, just you know, type another message. <laughs> um, so we have had uh, 
See, John's on here. Lynette says hello. Um, I will say Ashley. Our friend Ashley says hello. Hi, Ashley. Oh, I'd love to see your little face. <laughs> I know. Um, I socially distant from a social distance saw Ashley the other day. She's uh, um, amazing at making all the masks. Uh, mm -hmm. She did some for my sister for her work. So thank you again for being amazing. Um, and Tate says, thank you so much. <laughs> um, emotions suck. <laughs> they can. Bless they it. can. I will say this, and I've said this before on the podcast, but I'm really into this book right now. One of the reasons why I'm into it is because the author writes uh, from an empathic perspective. Um, so uh, it's called The Language of Emotions. And one of the things I love about it is she's really talking about our emotions bring us wisdom, but they speak in a different language than our intellect. So a lot of people don't know the language of the emotions. And we have a lot of socialization around certain emotions being negative, And so we avoid them. Um, I happen to know enough about Tate to know that he doesn't avoid much. Um, and so that's probably not an error he makes. Uh, but the book is a really good resource for Tate or anybody else who's listening about uh, starting to relate with your emotions in a way that you can learn their language and what wisdom they have for you. Yeah, I love that. Yeah. Um, okay, let's see. Colleen says she just wants general enlightenment. That's a very broad, okay, so you want like what what you need to know at the moment, maybe? <clears throat> what would be good for you to know at the moment? Um, <laughs> uh, Colleen, if you can clarify a little bit what you mean by enlightenment. Uh, do you mean awareness or are you, th are you thinking or desiring more ascendance? It's funny because I kind of, I uh, when I'm having a reading, I will generally ask a similar question um, to what uh, kind of Colleen is asking and okay. um, ascendance. Okay. Um, I, uh, I will tell you, I have a, a bit of a bias about that. Uh, part of my bias is uh, typically when I come across people who are looking to ascend only, um, they tend to neglect their roots, um, and it can create energetically a lot of uh, ungrounding. And so what you find in that ascendant path is actually things can get quite chaotic for a while uh, because you're actually pulling your roots up trying to ascend. Um, and so there's a part of me, and I'm going to ask my cards to confirm or correct, uh, there's a part of me that says if you want to ascend, part of what you need to do is focus on your roots. The deeper you grow your roots, the farther you can reach your branches. Did you get? I did. I'm interested to see what your, uh, what your cards have to say. Uh, well, the card I pulled is the Three of Wands. Um, and just by the image of it, um, it, you can see that it would have a relationship to the lover's card in the major arcana. Uh, this is the, uh, 
two become three. Uh, so, you know, Trinity is a very sacred um, uh, energetic truth in a lot of traditions, Christianity, witchcraft. Um, and it really is about uh, when love connects us in a way that uh, we create a whole life out of that energy, whether it's manifest as, you know, having a child or whether it's whatever our combined energy creates out in the world, um, there is an integration that happens. And so I would read this a little bit um, from my bias about ascendance and say, if you want to ascend, if you want to reach further in the upper realms and the sky realms, uh, it's important to integrate and to integrate everything, which means also descending in the roots um, and tending the roots to make them strong so that they can support your reach into the sky. Uh, it's funny because what I got was the root Evas, which uh, looks like a capital M. So um, that is about um, uh, journey with a destination. So mm -hmm. you're looking at, um, uh, let me back that up. It's also a bridge. So it's about, uh, it's the bridge that connects us with um, all other realms on the world tree. Mm -hmm. and connects us to the world tree. It's the way we uh, travel between them, or one way to travel between them. And um, the one thing I usually, mm, the first thing I got with this is also that you need um, direction. Uh, that um, sometimes when we're asking to be enlightened or ascended or... What uh, kind of whatever that place is that we have in our head about that we want to be, that we want to achieve. We don't know what it is, but we just want to achieve it. So with Eva's, it's really nice to have um, a goal in mind. So for me at the moment, uh, for instance, Eva's. Uh, my Ava's moment would be uh, taking time every day to uh, meditate and drum. That is something that is going to um, help me to improve, help me to improve my spirituality, help me to grow my ability and my abilities. So um, I feel like there's so much out there that the one thing that you need to do is kind of feel into, um, you need a goal. So uh, um, if there's something that you want to achieve or something that you want to get better at as far as um, on your way to ascendance, like you have to start with the first rung of the ladder. So what's the first rung of the ladder for you? Um, it's kind of like, don't wait, don't wait to be told what it is. Um, take take charge of it and know like where you want to go with it not just where you think deity or the divine wants you to go um i hope that makes sense that's what my gring was about do you think enlightenment is a place that can be known like that i don't think enlightenment is a place 
Uh, you know what I mean? I think I think enlightenment is just a state of always wanting to know more and knowing that you don't know everything. Okay. So I feel like it's um I feel I can tell you is- what what I see in people that I when I see them I would say that that's an enlightened being. Um yeah. Uh, to me, uh, and when I've talked to them, uh, they don't always see themselves as enlightened beings. Like, they wouldn't call themselves that, that necessarily. Um, right. What I see in them is that uh, even if they sought enlightenment before they became enlightened, um, the act of becoming enlightened was a surprise. Meaning that even if they were striving for enlightenment, whatever it was that they thought enlightenment was, when they actually received enlightenment, it wasn't what they thought it was. Um, What I perceive in them when, uh, and for me, I can feel it. Uh, So I recognize someone who's enlightened because they feel a certain way to me. And the way they feel to me is that... um, they are deeply connected to themselves, to people around them, and to the world around them, um, and they accept the truth of what is. Knowing that the truth is a changeable thing, it can be a subjective thing, nobody else may share their truth, but it there's something about, I don't need anything to be different than how it is. Um, and I'm at peace with that, because not necessarily because I like it, there's a, a to me there's a there's a little bit difference. It's not that everything is going well and it's um you know the idea of the stories of heaven or nirvana that we get. Uh it's not ideal. It's just I am in acceptance of what is. And because of that um uh you know then there becomes the question at least in the spiritual communities especially I think um with like uh, teachers like Thich Nhat Hanh, uh, he really kind of challenged Buddhism about its lack of action. And he became quite an activist. I mean, to the point where some of his uh, monks set themselves on fire to protest uh, injustices. So I think that, uh, I, I think that was a form of enlightenment. Uh, not necessarily setting yourself on fire, but deciding that I, I accept what is as it is, and it tells me that there's something I need to do. Mm-hmm. Very good. So, Colleen, yeah, working on all these things, going very well. I, and good. I socially distanced. We saw each other socially distancing um, the other day, so... Uh, it was nice to see her in person from six feet away, and uh, I'm glad things are going well. I think that's amazing. Um, thank you for your question. So we have another question <clears throat> from Wendy. Wendy wants to know if she will have a boyfriend soon. Do you want one? Um, <laughs> I want to ask you, who do you think's in charge of that? Oh, okay. Uh, I can tell you what I got. Uh, So what my mind started to do was, I do wonder who you're asking. Like, uh, to me, the question feels like, uh, it feels like you think somebody else is in charge of that. 
Uh, to a certain extent, you're right. I mean, anytime you talk about relationship, there's what you want, but there's also somebody else and their free will involved. Um, but as I felt into it, um, what I started feeling was, um, it's almost like there are certain things that uh, if you are a witch, you've been doing ritual around this. You've been trying to attract and draw someone to you. You have this idea of who that ideal mate is. Um, and uh, it completely flipped itself on its head. And uh, what I saw was the things that you are looking for the relationship to fulfill in you, you need to do self-work on. When you become whole, he'll appear. So whatever it is that, that it feels like that relationship is a remedy for, um, uh, if you want the kind of relationship that you're really talking about, partnership, any relationship that becomes a remedy is going to uh, by itself actually create more problems. Um, but any relationship that comes because you are already whole and fulfilled and it is something that uh, it's about what you have to offer, um, uh, I think that's gonna give you some more success for what I think you really want. I um, got on Zeus, which is maybe a little hard to see. Um, I need to do better with those. Uh, on Zeus is about clearing. So mm -hmm. it, uh, as Teresa was speaking, it, uh, it felt like it resonated right on with that in terms of, um, well, God, almost everything that you said. Uh, it's not quite the time. Uh, and I shouldn't put it that way. But there are things that need to to be um, cleared and unblocked before that can happen, and it happens within you, not necessarily within the other person. I think that's what I got. Yeah, I will say I did pull a card anyway, um, and I got we get this on our podcast a lot. I got the blasted beach. Uh, which is a card of initiation. It's also, uh, it's akin in the uh, universal or rider weight decks to the tower card. And so what this also says to me is that you are going to know really clearly um, uh, what work you need to do by who you do attract to you. So I actually think that you may have uh, boyfriends who show up before the one that you are looking to actually be a partner with and um, it feels almost to me like you have a karmic contract to um, to be in relationships that are not wholly satisfying so that it helps you hone and really craft uh, what it is you do want and um, and it looks like you, you may have an initiation still to endure before you find that. So a boyfriend may be coming, but it might not be the partner you ultimately want. Uh, yes. Okay, so okay, you said so there, was a, there was another question. Yeah, we have a couple. So Don, I'm getting to your question. Uh, our first question before that, um, our friend um, 
Sarah Benson Brown is having a hard time connecting, so she asked Tate to relay her question. So, uh, you know, uh, I know a little bit about the issues uh, that have been going on lately. Teresa doesn't. Um, I know you can't tell the future, but what do you think uh, our friend is uh, about our friend? Is she going to be out of pain and meet her maker? Um, that was a tough one for me the other day because I was in on the energy of that a little bit. Um, so Um, so because you know the situation a little bit, Ken, maybe you can help clarify for me. Um, sure. Uh, so I'm reading in the question that you know a little bit about my issues. That's the woman who's asking the question, except that she's actually asking about the outcome of another friend. So help yes. me to know if you can without uh, violating her confidence. Um, how is her issue related to the friend's pain? So my interpretation of it from what I know about the situation is um, our friend um, Sarah, who Tate mentioned on here, so I, I can. Um, one of uh, her uh, friends who is also in, in business with them or works in their business, uh, fell very ill and had to be uh, taken out of her home and um, has like three or four serious illnesses happening at the same time. Mm -hmm. And the doctors think that she is not going to, uh, I'm sorry, the last time I heard, which was a couple days ago, the doctors didn't think she was going to make it and they were trying to get her um, family together, but that was, uh, proving to be hard. And how is our querents, uh, what are the issues for our querent and why she might be asking this? That I would need to have her clarify a little okay. bit more. Okay. Uh, what I, I can will... feel is that you really have a heart for your friend not to be suffering anymore. Um, and I will tell you this, what I'm feeling, and I do a lot of death walking, um, and what I'm feeling is anyone's death walk is a very sacred act. Um, and so uh, what I would love to encourage you to do is just pray that she has the resources she needs to uh, take that walk with integrity, whether she chooses to cross the veil or whether she chooses to recover and come back here. Um, I think that, uh, um, for whatever reason, pain is part of the process. Uh, what I, what, uh, there's a part of me that what I want to do is I want to stop the people who are trying to like pray for a certain outcome. It feels to me like it may actually be intensifying her pain because it's hard for her to tap into what her path is and what her destination is and what she wants. Uh, it Energetically, it feels to me like other people's desires for me are binding me and, and I'm having a hard time kind of figuring out 
what do I actually want to do in this situation? Um, so what I would say to you is, uh, if you know people are praying for her, ask them to pray for uh, support for her and nothing more. Uh, if support means she makes a speedy recovery, then that's an agenda. That's somebody's agenda, and it may not be what the soul of the person actually doing the walking uh, wants. I would uh, completely agree with that based upon the rune I got. What'd you get? Uh, I got manas, which is... Um, a rune of social boundaries. Mm -hmm. So I feel like, um, I feel like sometimes people hang on because we're hanging on, uh, to them. Um, I will, I will say that, um, when my grandmother passed, uh, and I called my mom and I told her, this is what happened. And the first thing she said to me was, well, of course she wouldn't do it while I was there. And she was kind of upset about it. Um, in a weird, uh, it was a weird way for me to hear at that moment. Um, so I think uh, making sure that we are separating what we desire from her so that she can make her own decision i think exactly is exactly what you said uh, i often think that praying for love is uh, a really good prayer for someone in that situation i do not see love as an emotion it feels very different to me than an emotion um it is an energy um, and sometimes the most loving thing you can do is respect someone's free will um, yeah. the card that I pulled is the hangman, which, uh, would suggest to me that, um, a different perspective is required for this situation. So whatever your issues are that you alluded to, it may be that you might want to give yourself a very different perspective. And the way I tend to do it when that card comes up for me and I'm challenged is that sometimes I will try to be aware of what my current perspective is and I will just ask myself, and what is the exact opposite of that? It breaks me out of being stuck in my own perspective. Now, I might not like what's completely opposite. It might not be the perspective I actually need to take, but it will often um, shine the light on uh, a belief that I may have that I might not be wholly conscious of. We have a question from Dawn. I love your little mask. Mm -hmm. um, and your, yeah, it's cute. Glad you're uh, staying safe. Yes. Uh, am I going on the right path in regards to opening my abilities? Seems to be happening fast. Mm -hmm. So, uh, I think that's a great question. Um, and, um, 
here's this. My first thought was, do you know how many people pray for their abilities to open fast? <laughs> yeah, but, yeah, but do you also know how many that's people like, put themselves into spiritual emergencies because of it? That's true. So, that's so I would say if it's happening fast, I want you to really take care of yourself. Really tap into your mental, your emotional, your physical, your spiritual well-being. We all move at different paces. It may be that what you are able to do is going to be needed, and so it is awakening fast. As long as you're tolerating it well and able to integrate it and feel empowered and uh, secure and strong, um, I, if it's happening fast, I would just go with it. I would open as widely as I could and absorb uh, whatever is happening and try to integrate it. Uh, if you start to... Um, start being overly tired, have headaches, any other kind of body aches, stomach aches or throats, uh, start to have nightmares, um, start to have conflict in your relationships, I would take a step back. That usually is indication that you actually need a little time to absorb whatever's happening and to integrate it. Um, and, uh, I think that would, um, that would help. So to me, uh, everything I think I would say about this is pay attention to your self-care. Let's see. I pulled rune. I pulled runes. Um, yeah. Uh, and they, they're all very good. Uh, I've got, um, Tevas and Wunyo, um, which, uh, you know, joy in your, uh, the compass mm -hmm. and uh, finding your own personal um, guidance, uh, what drives you, um, what you're fighting for, uh, what you fight for, uh, and how you fight for it. And then uh, kind of the underlying current of it all is, is, um, is fulfillment for you, uh, but not but. And... Uh, I would also say just um, make sure that as you're balancing the amount, if we're going with the metaphor of half cup, half full, half empty, and it's your cup, make sure that you're really paying attention to the, the amount that you're giving, receiving, pouring out, uh, as mm -hmm. an honoring to uh, your guides, your gods, your, uh, I, I know you, so I know that you work with uh, plant beings like that. Mm -hmm. Like make sure that you're honoring appropriately, making sure that your cup is always staying at a level that um, you're receiving sustenance as well. And there is sustenance for yourself. Mm -hmm. And I pulled here uh, the three of cups so, um, and these are three beautiful fae that uh, look like they are have a great relationship. Uh, this is a pretty happy card. Um, and so one of the things that I would say is there's strength and friendship support community. Um, whether these three fae are actually, I'm trying to get the glare off it. Um, whether these three fae are um, physical beings or whether they may be guides, uh, I think you already know that. Um, and whoever they may be, keep them close to you. 
Uh, they feel almost like muses to me. They feel very inspirational. They feel very supportive. Uh, they feel like when I'm getting too serious or intense or have been working too hard, they're the ones who will bring laughter and light back. Um, and when I achieve something, they'll celebrate with me. And if I'm in mourning, they would be the three that would show up and hold me while I cried. Um, so if these beings are physical in your life, um, uh, hold them dear. And if they are guides, know that they're always with you and that whatever speed this is developing, you have resources to help you and reach out to them. Um, our networks of support, whether physical or not physical, do require us to reach out and ask for their help. Uh, I think we have guides that will step in from time to time, but as you grow in your gifts, uh, you are, they honor you and they honor that growth by respecting more and more of your agency. So, um, so it will be your responsibility to ask for help when you need it or ask for support when you need it. I have to show you that, um, this room is called, so I think it's hilarious that it was, uh, three. Because the, I think that's um, synchronistic. Well, we got quite a few trinities today, didn't we? Yes. Yeah. Um, so we've got a couple more questions coming in. And Ashley, uh, if you're still with us, yes, you can ask a question. Um, our next one uh, is, I don't have a specific question. Mm-hmm. Just curious if you have a message for me. Beautiful. Oh, I like these kind of questions. Sandy, I love that you're putting their pictures up there so I actually have a visual. I think it helps, yeah. Yeah, it's nice. This is going to sound very strange. Um, so I'm holding my cards and asking them if anyone has a message and I keep hearing no, but your drum does. So, Oh, fascinating. Yeah. So if you will, uh, read whatever runes you picked and I'm going to go grab my drum and see, <laughs> see what it has to say. Hell yes. Um, so the runes that I pulled, uh, were Dagas. Um, and Hagalaz. So, um, keep in mind that everything is a cycle. So I'm going to draw Dagas for you. And we're going to take a look at this. So this is Dagas. Ah, where are we? Stop it. <laughs> this is all backwards. This is Dagas. Dagas is about, um, uh, Actually, in Anglo-Saxon, Thorc, it is day. Um, it reminds me of the infinity sign where the, it's you're constantly moving around it. So keep in mind that uh, keep in mind that the feelings that you're going through right now, uh, which probably would be considered um, not the most happy of feelings. Um, are part of the cycle and uh what you're looking at is 
Um, yes. Descent before the ascent, as far as like, um, you know, uh, if we're looking at happy and sad, happy, sad, happy, sad, and we can't be afraid of feeling happy because eventually we'll feel sad again. And we can't uh, let that kind of um, be something that prevents us from feeling um, any of the emotions. But remember, it is always a cycle. And I um, I would venture to say, if you were to keep a little journal, um, as probably especially based upon the cycles of the moon, you're going to find that your mood and your feelings are very much based upon that. And um, not your moon cycle like your period, unless you are synced up with the actual moon, then um, I think that would be something that, that you need to look at. That way you can almost kind of not prepare, but you just understand the cycle better and you know not to schedule things at certain times because you won't be able to, to do them um, as well as other times. Okay, so this is going to seem a little strange. <laughs> um, and luckily, uh, I'm okay with strange. <laughs> Um, so, uh, it, uh, it actually feels to me like my message is not verbal. Um, so I'm just going to play the drum a little bit. I don't know what energy there is in what I'm going to play. Uh, and what I would ask for you to do is just kind of close your eyes, open your heart, um, and try to feel the drum. Um, it may be that whatever gets communicated to you will reveal itself over time. So it may be that'll be instantaneous. You hear the drum, you know exactly what the message is. It may be that you go to sleep tonight and you have a dream. It may be that an unusual thought occurs to you. Uh, I don't know what it is, but it feels to me like I just want to play the drum. It has a message for you. <laughs> so I'm going to do that. Okay, here we go. say to you if you want to private message me later uh, there may be some things that I can add to that I can tell you a little bit about my drum I have two of them and this was the one that wanted to be played uh, so there may be some specific things about that drum that may uh, hold at least the topic of the message uh, I felt like what I just sent you was uh, a little healing package <laughs> so um, so hopefully you receive that.
And uh, don't forget, you guys, you can contact either of us uh, mm -hmm. at any time uh, via Facebook or email or or whatnot if you um, yeah need anything. That's why we're here. Mm -hmm. Well, you know. <laughs> um, uh, I'm here because my mom and dad had fun like 45 years ago. Um, <laughs> so our next question, we have a few more. Uh, it's almost 9.30. How are you doing on time, Teresa? Are you okay? I'm okay. I okay. have 8.30. Oh, it's 8.30 your time. Yeah. yeah. Um, okay. Jenny, uh, tragedy has made me have a feeling of hollowness or just going through motions. Will mm -hmm. there be light or is this negative going to continue with me? Yes. <laughs> Both. You'll cycle, oh, yeah. you'll cycle in and out of it. I will tell you, um, the thing that I think that you're nervous about is I, I think you're nervous about not the natural rhythms and cycles of how our psyche grows and expands, uh, but it feels to me like you're afraid of getting stuck in a pattern where you're just kind of circling the drain. Um, and that can happen to me. The difference between uh, growth and just circling the drain is uh, when you can participate in the moods and the rhythms in a way that it helps you develop greater awareness, more empowerment, more uh, for you. There's something about boundaries. Um, and so what I would say is probably the negative feeling that's coming a lot for you is probably anger. Uh, anger uh, burns often as um, anger is a beautiful energy to get people to back the fuck up uh, and when you need that it's because you you really what you need is a boundary and you have not learned how to set them either in the with this one person uh, that you're struggling with right now or it has been something that you were taught not to have boundaries um, and you need to know that that is actually making you uh, susceptible to people who would cause you harm. Um, so if, you, if, if anger is what you're feeling, what I would say to you is work a lot on boundaries. What does that look like? Use your imagination to create boundaries for yourself. Some people like a shield around them. Some people like a soap bubble. I mean... Um, your anger will actually tell you what kind of a boundary you need um, and it will probably change. So the first boundary you have will be the oh shit boundary which is everything just needs to get out of my space so I can feel myself and feel safe again. And then after that uh, you will want to actually craft a boundary that is something that stays with you all the time and so it might not be quite as fiery. Um, I pulled runes. What else am I going to pull, I guess? Uh, and, um, the runes I got, uh, were Isa, Nafiz, and AR. So, um, I will tell you that Isa is on this side, AR is on this side. Isa means ice, stillness, but also that it could be uh, glacial stillness. So there's a lot of movement and a lot of power that happens. This one 
is a rune of the grave. So uh, there is peace and rest there. Mm -hmm. The one that's in the middle is Nothis. Nothis um, is a rune of of lust and of um, mm -hmm. fire and mm -hmm. of innovation and of friction and mm -hmm. of passion and um, it looks like when you're making fire with two sticks, and I know I've said this a lot, um, if for those of you who are regular listeners, but um, we have the goal of making fire when we're rubbing two sticks together, and there has to be friction. So initially, when I got when I cast these, um, Hold on. Sometimes, uh, so the goal is fire when we're rubbing the sticks together. Mm -hmm. um, sometimes when we have fire, we're still rubbing the sticks together. We're not really sure. Uh, we're not. We're, we're not really sure why we haven't stopped yet <laughs> rubbing the sticks together. Um, that's where I was going. What I want to say to you is that you and I share um, a place in ourselves that needs constant um, inspiration, that needs mm -hmm. constant fire, and needs mm -hmm. constant passion, and needs constant movement. And that can still happen. Not until you deal with your anger, though. So your question, the tragedy has you feeling hollow and going through the motions. That's, that's shock. So after tragedy, we go into a numbness and a shock. Uh, the passion that you need and to be fed uh, at first is going to be very angry because it is a part of the natural response to the tragedy and whatever loss you felt. Um, and I think going through that fire will get you to the fire that Ken's talking about, the passion uh, returning. Um, your passion at first is going to feel a little rageful. Are you... Uh, oh, sorry. Did you uh, want to pull a card for that, or are you... Uh, I'm waiting... I, you like, I wasn't sure. I'm waiting to see... Uh, no, my heart is just feeling really hurt really um, sad, a little broken. Um, the, I think the rage will be good when it comes. The sadness usually um, is about a washing out, um, a clearing away, um, and uh, then anger usually helps us reset our boundaries after we've let things go. What did you get? You got Esau. What were the two on the ends? Uh, Esau and AR. And say more about AR for me. Uh, AR is the rune of the grave. Okay. So ice and, ice and grave and she's standing in the middle with. What was the one in the middle? Uh, oh, uh, Nothis. Yeah. And what's Nothis? 
uh, the fire the, one, the friction the, yeah okay uh, yeah, I actually, I'd, I'd burn things. I'd start burning things. And don't be surprised if anger doesn't start to flow and see that that's, to me, that's kind of like if you have a wound and a scab has formed, but there's also infection in the wound, you actually have to open the wound to allow the, the infection to be released. And to me, that's what anger will often do after tragedy is it, it, um, it helps that stuff be released and it helps you then set a boundary where uh, you are setting a boundary in order to tend to yourself so that healing can occur. I like that. Okay, let's see. Ashley... This is the long one. Uh, okay, uh, I'll read it because there's part of it that won't show up. Okay. Um, I'm starting a new endeavor in June. Not going to say what it is, but it's 110% out of my comfort zone. And it's going to require me to walk away from a lot of people, patterns, places, and things that I thought I wanted. Second guessing now. Is this choice going to help me move forward in the paths that are for my highest good? Uh, what I feel is there's no way that you can avoid your highest good, Ashley. I know you, and I know the work that you do, and I know the integrity uh, with which you walk your path. This feels to me like an opportunity, um, and it feels like an opportunity that I wouldn't pass up, but I, I have been known to take great risks in my life with my own life and my own path. So I think it depends on how you feel about it. Um, I think you will discover a lot um, that uh, brings you great joy. Um, but I think that you should weigh what you have to walk away from and, um, and how heartbreaking that may be. Um, I think you may find if you take the leap of faith, it's not as heartbreaking as you're afraid it is. I drew a uh, quarth, which is rapid transformation. Mm -hmm. So I think that um, uh, if you do choose this, maybe even if you don't, uh, whatever happens next is fast. And it, it could be painful and it could be like ripping the bandaid off really quickly. Um, so just be aware that with that transformation, there will be, it'll be down to the bare bones of what's left and those things that you don't need are gonna be used as uh, the fuel to transform into whatever you're doing next. Uh, I will say, I think whatever this change is, you've actually been asking for and wanting for a very long time. Um, this is the card that I pulled for you. And to me, this is the approach that you can take to how rapid and intense it can be. Um, and this young Faye is gazing into the chalice. So he's looking into the chalice, waiting to be informed. To me, this is about looking into your own heart, always tapping into your own emotional state. Your emotions will not lie to you. Um, and and they will help you to know how to take care of yourself. There are some things that you think 
you will lose that if you can stay so focused on your emotions, uh, there are some things that don't actually need to be sacrificed. Um, and um, in fact, what I'm seeing is there's a point where it's almost like you're, you're feeling a struggle to just kind of break free the last uh, roadblock or the last obstacle or barrier into whatever this change is that you actually, it's its kind of like, I'm looking for a space on my desk to write something, there isn't any space, so I, I knock everything off. Um, I don't actually think that that's required, but I think uh, what's gonna be important is for you to really tap into your own heart and your heart's wisdom. You have a beautiful heart and you have a lot of really wonderful guides for that. Um, and I think anything that takes you deeper into your magic and your gift and what you can offer the world, uh, I would love to see that. Cool. And Ashley said, uh, this first, thanks, that makes sense. <laughs> We're all, I'm a control freak too. Um, <laughs> and then, uh, she said, yes. Oh, good. Um, and when you I have that, I want you to get in touch. I want to know what the announcement is. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Um, we had one more question, um, which is Christina is wondering if her boyfriend and she will be physically together the rest of the year. Hmm. Are you like, is he? Is there a chance he's going to be deployed or? Uh... Yeah, that's what I'm wondering. It's an interesting way to phrase the question physically together. So you have yeah. no question about your emotional, uh, spiritual bond. Hmm. I actually, so... I'm feeling like a coming together during the summer and then a parting again for a couple of months and next year actually... Uh, maybe when you guys are physically together. So I don't know if either of you works in a way that you could have a summer off and spend the summer together. It feels like that. Um, actually, this is so funny. Uh, it kind of feels to me almost like it doesn't feel like, you know, a getting together. It feels like a getting together for a purpose. Um, so this isn't right, but it's the, um, the closest thing that I can relate to. Um, it feels almost like the two of you do something for Peace Corps for the summer. You spend a lot of time together. It feels kind of like you have a similar mission in life of what you want to be contributing or offering the world. Uh, and it almost feels like I would look for, if you haven't found it yet, or if it hasn't found you, I would look for some kind of... Um, it's almost like an activism job, like working for Habitat for Humanity or something like that during the summer and spending uh, long days with him. Um, and then it feels like uh, you need to go back to your individual homes for a little bit, uh, but that experience will help you decide um, about relocating to the same physical location. Um, okay. I pulled, uh, Ava's, which is the balance of life and death, <laughs> uh, the balance of the cycle. It's kind of the wheel. Um, 
And I felt like that you, uh, it, it would be good to try to come together at a time that is like an anniversary. So if there's something that um, you, like you met at this, in September, so you want to try and get together in September. If it feels like that, like there's something about a specific date to shoot for to be together, or you've tried and you're wondering if it's going to fall through because something else has fallen through in the past. But um, I feel like that's the kind of the time to do it, and the energy to put into it is shooting for a specific time and place that actually means something to yeah. the two of you. It feels like it sticks the second time. That that uh, to me, that's what I feel about the summer. Is that you two will come together. There will be some something that brings you together that you spend a significant amount of time together, but it doesn't quite stick. Um, and so you go back to your respective homes, um, and then being apart. Almost, it's almost like oh, you figure out how you can make it work. So um, yes, but not until more... early next year is what I'm getting. Sorry, go ahead. We have one more question. Oh, I was just going to say, uh, just pretend like you're practicing social distancing for the next year. <laughs> um, sorry, that was a joke. Uh, so what Christina said was, what comes to mind is the day we met, which is in the summer. So cool. Um, we did have one more question sneak in, and this will be our last, if you're okay with it, Teresa. Yeah, I'm good. Okay. So, um, had a quick conversation with a lady about Akashic Records, and she told me that my sole gift was the sacral throat and earth star. Can you give me any details or clarify what direction I should take with these soul gifts? Yeah, number one, don't trust anybody else's perspective, including ours. Um, and what I mean by that is whatever guidance we offer you, you should always take it into your own heart and your own soul and check in uh, to see if that is true. Um, um, the Akashic Records to me are such a huge library um, that, uh, you know, um, you can find a lot of information on uh, someone not just in the life they're living, but in every past life and every future life that they live. And so, you know, there may be a gift that this woman saw and saw how useful it is and how wonderful it is, and she's encouraging that, but it might not be the right lifetime for that to be the one that manifests. So uh, what I would say is the first thing to do is you need to take this into your own heart and to your own guides and ask them to verify in some way um, whether or not this is the direction to go. Um, so what I'm gonna do, uh, I am gonna pull a card. I'm going to ask uh, for verification that uh, the gift is around the sacral, uh, throat, and earth star. Uh, so sacral, sacral's down here, is it not? The third chakra? Throat is up here. Um, uh, I think sacral is the second. Isn't that your root sacral then? The third is your... 
Solar plexus. Uh, yes. Solar okay. Plexus. So womb, throat. I'm not sure what the Earth star is. Do you know, Ken? Yeah, the Earth star chakra is the star is the chakra that's below you that you're actually connected to other people. We're all connected to the Earth star chakra. Root. Um, and it's so it's root. Yeah, it, it, okay. it's below the root. Oh, okay. It's the molten center of the Earth. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So it's fire. Mm-hmm. Yep. Hmm. Diane, uh, one of the things that I would ask you to think about is, um, uh, first of all, I'd like you to think about how energy moves through your body, what your awareness of that is. Um, when I want you to start paying attention more to it, uh, I want you to notice uh, the difference of your energy when you have enough rest, when you don't have enough rest, when you have enough activity, when you don't have enough activity, uh, what your energy level, not necessarily your body, although your body will tell you part of this, but what is your energy level around the food you're eating? Uh, what foods give you the kind of energy that uh, feels sustaining and good? to you um to me a lot of what i'm feeling as i just kind of put my hands here and uh run my own energy uh based on your question and how i would expect to be uh wired for lack of a better word uh given what you've said your gifts are is that to me i feel like i want to be able to feel the flow um, and what I'm feeling is there's a power center here, there's a power center there, and then there's a power in the earth that I'm very connected to. And I can travel the entire length of that channel, which means you can go very deeply into the earth. Um, I think you'll find crystals there. It's almost like I see you doing journeys down there and you're mining some kind of crystals, uh, which are record keepers. Um, the crystals that, uh, so it's interesting that you got the information from the Akashic records, which is like record keeping up above. Uh, but I see you actually mining crystals from the earth star and their record keepers from below. Um, so there might be something about, uh, being a record keeper yourself. Um, I don't know exactly what that means. Um, but in my own energy, when I'm thinking of your question and holding my hands there, um, uh, the biggest thing I want to know to help kind of figure it out is I actually would want to feel the flow. What does the flow feel like when the flow is moving uh, very powerfully? Uh, how do those three centers actually communicate and connect? You got runes? Um, yeah, I pulled... Um... Soilo and uh, Nathis. Nathis has been popular this evening. Um, the the first hit I got was that any um, illumination um, about no um, this for me had to do with your uh, self confirmation or your self knowing. Your, the illumination or the um, information, knowledge, wisdom that comes from your body and from your, um, uh, especially running it through this, the, I'll call it the spell check, <laughs> the truth, um, what are those things? 
it, uh, the lie detector test needs to be run through your sacral. That's where mm -hmm. all you're going to be able to, you'll know immediately yeah. yes or no mm -hmm. if you're running it through that sacral mm -hmm. uh, space, um, which is probably why uh, I feel choked. Um, I would say that you, you're not listening to that part and what, uh, so the message is not coming out your throat. <laughs> mm -hmm. Um, it's getting stuck. So I, I feel like if you're just, you need to start, uh, it would be, if you don't need to do anything, it would be beneficial to start checking through your sacral and then making sure that what's coming out of your mouth is, is, uh, in, in alignment with that. Um, and the card I got for you is the Nine of Cups. So that's, uh, uh, the Nines are, um, a cycle has been completed because it's the Cups, that's about water. Um, I tend to think of that sacral or that second chakra. It's very relational. It's very, uh, it is watery to me. I often will think of, uh, like my root chakra as being, the fire on which the cauldron sits, and so the cauldron being kind of my sacral or my womb area. Uh, it's also very creative. Um, it can be very emotional. I love what you said, Ken, about it's kind of the lie detector, the litmus test of what's true. Um, to me, this is, this is deeper than emotion. So it's not listening to your heart. It's actually listening to something that is also watery and fluid, like our heart and our emotions are. Um, but there's some kind of deeper, it's not exactly instinct, um, because there's, um, it's actually, I think your intuition may be in your second chakra. Um, and uh, some people locate it different places. Some people see it in their third eye. Some people have it in their heart. I actually have it in uh, my second chakra. Uh, for me, that's where my empathic gift kind of comes from. You don't feel quite like me, so it doesn't feel so much like an empathic gift. It feels, uh, it feels more like a way of knowing, but it's not an intellectual knowing. Um, and it's a little watery. Um, so I actually would say, I think it would be an interesting practice for you to, um, the, the imagery I see in this cup, I almost want you to imagine that cup in your second chakra and being able to look into the surface of the water and um, do divining, do it's called scrying. Um, it's when you look into something and eventually what happens is you kind of look past whatever you're looking at. So this happens when people do uh, gazing into fire as well. You can become so mesmerized by the flame that even though you're staring directly at it, you're not really seeing it anymore. Um, I, I think that would be a great practice for you to start with. Um, and I think that it may be there when there are three things like that, going to the center and drawing from both the above and the below into the center often can be the thing that helps us know the connection and know um, from that center place is where we're most empowered and grounded at the same time. Yeah, I like that. Well, 
don't think we have any more questions. But we've, All right. oh, we've, been, we've been here for like almost an hour and a half. So yeah. uh, thank you guys for uh, logging on on this very fun Thursday third Sunday of the month. There you go. <laughs> I'll get that out. Yes, thank you everybody for joining us and for those who asked questions and for those who listened and, and uh, participated energetically. We, we certainly appreciate you showing up. And for uh, Pushpa had some great uh, Ayurvedic insights into those different chakras and some things. So, uh, Take a look at that if you wish to, Diane, at the bottom. Those were great comments. Mm -hmm. um, Thank you, Pushpa. Yeah. You guys, pardon? Oh, Pushpa uh, has oh, a question. Pushpa has a question. Okay, give us one. We'll do one last one. You good with doing one last one, Ken? Oh yeah, I, I just I, committed us without asking you. I got I got all the time in the world. I have social distancing. All right, Pushpa, type it up. Yeah, I need something. So Pushpa to... needs something. Okay. Lighten your heart. Now's when the tap dancing would be very helpful. Uh, yeah, okay, Pushpa. Mm. Um, uh, I actually think that um, I'm feeling a similar thing to what I felt with uh, one of the questions earlier. Um, uh, I, I want you to, it's like, I, I want you to get angry. Um, I because I think that uh, your boundary is weakening and I think you're being uh, too affected by the misery of others um, and I know uh, that that is something that you are loving and kind you are a healer you help people um, and I think that um, uh, you feel discombobulated to me is the best way for me to say it. Um, and so as you're making the adjustment to the new circumstances in which you find in your life, I, I want you to create a better boundary around yourself so that you can figure that out without um, in a vulnerable space. I think you're, you're being vulnerable, too vulnerable to energies that are not your own. Henry says yes. Henry says yes. I was wondering if you heard that. <laughs> yes. Uh, I, uh, I think that's something that's actually really kind of um, something we all can think about at this moment. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. And Henry said yes. So clearly we're on the right track. Yeah. Bless him. Um, so, yes, my dog is wise. <laughs> Don't tell him. That. All right, he so does not need to push butt there's. Um, it, uh, uh, God, I hope this is yours. Um, uh, you have a memory of, mm, this is what I see. I see two little kids and one of them, like they've got a hold of mom and dad's uh, hair clippers and they 
it hit me right here in the head. It was like, like right over the top. So there are memories, certain memories, um, uh, that bring about a place of innocence and a place of childlike laughter and wonder. Mm -hmm. And I think if you um, can look back through some of your, now I'm, I'm going to say it like they're physical photo albums. That's what I see. There are moments that actually you should bring one out every day. That is a positive that enlightens your heart that sits on your Mm -hmm. altar that you carry with you. Even if you take a picture on your phone and that's your like screensaver for the day, I think that that's something that could be very helpful Mm -hmm. um, in this moment. But there is something with like we got caught shaving someone's head and their hair looked like shit, like it, like little kids do. Like that's just what it, that's just what it was. So I hope that was yours. <laughs> um, but I think that's I think that's helpful. So uh, so thank you everyone for listening and uh, for tuning in and for giving us questions so that we're not here just talking to each other. Um, yes. And uh, we hope you have a very good week. Have a great week and uh, we'll talk to you guys soon. Mm-hmm.